0: Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a very self-made guy on the show that you're gonna love this dude's story. Daryl Wazinski is with me coming in from Orange County, California. So stay with us. And we are back. Let me bring Daryl on. Daryl, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Ken. Thanks,
0: man. It's great to have you here, dude. You know, I, it's funny. I just got notified that I'm live on LinkedIn. <laughs> like what? I, I know I am. Leave me alone. Anyway, so, so, um, Daryl, you are, um, you're a, you're engaged to um Tammy Ann who's been on the show long time ago she was on the show um mm-hmm. and that's how we kind of connected and met and and dude I'm I'm excited to hear your story cuz I know you're a very uh self-made guy from the the streets of Detroit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah <laughs> so so I, I can't, I can't wait to hear your story. I know you've done extremely well in life and, and I'm excited to hear this. So let's start with where you were born and raised.
1: I was born and raised in, uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Um, my parents are, uh, from Russia. And, uh, so we were, uh, we were uh, raised in um, a small city outside of Detroit, but we actually ended up moving to Detroit right outside of uh, Detroit called Taylor. I was uh, uh, born there, and uh, my father worked in a steel plant, and my mother was uh, um, a house, um, regular housewife who took care of us on a daily basis. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So, so you
0: went to school like high school and all that in in Detroit, or
1: yeah, it's crazy story, is. Um, Mike, I'm, I'm from an abusive family, or uh, from my father was. My uh, mother, um, My mother, back then, in the 80s, there was no domestic violence stuff. So it was just, you know, you could do what you wanted to a woman. It was horrible. And my father was very bad. He was an alcoholic. And uh, my mother um, finally said enough was enough. And uh, we moved from the suburbs. And my my mother filed for divorce. And we moved to Detroit um and then i went to school there um, and it was rough it was definitely a huge culture culture shock at 10 years old it was really rough for us it was it was just it was different like i remember the first week i was there i was in a fight and i didn't even know how to fight i didn't even know, <laughs> no clue how to fight i didn't even know how to do anything i was just holding on to this guy for dear life so he couldn't hit me wow it was crazy just huge culture shock and um uh, we went uh we went from, to from, you know, having dinner on the table and not worrying about anything to uh, getting welfare and going to the church to get food. It was just crazy. It was just, I never imagined anything like that as a kid. You just don't know what to do and you don't understand life, you know? So this, and this started at
0: 10 years old mm-hmm. and um, from, from there, did it, did it, did it continue throughout the rest of your childhood years or did
1: things get better, man? You know, you know, my mom had multiple sclerosis. Oh, uh, wow. Um, my father got hurt. Well, not my father, my stepdad, when well, my mother, um, uh, this great man stepped into our life and took care of us. And, uh, he got hurt at work. So i um, at 40, he fell through a mezzanine. So basically he was disabled for life and my mom was disabled and they're great parents. Uh, my brother became, um, my brother became a problem child, addicted to drugs and things. And, uh, it was just hard. Um, I, I, I genuinely don't know what a normal family looks like, uh, from the standpoint of a childhood. And, uh, so then I turned to, um, being a gang member um it was hard enough in detroit because you couldn't even walk to the store uh, you walk to the store people would say what what gang are you in or you know slang terms and if you didn't say something you would get beat up or you know wow. and because uh, they would just think that you were scared and you, you couldn't win so um i kind of joined a gang for parent figure protection um and to be liked i had low self-esteem growing up very yeah. low- so that that was like pretty much um, my 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 teenager years, but I still had some solid development as um, an entrepreneur throughout my teenager years. I still wanted to be successful. I said, "This can't be the end of the world. This just can't be it." Yeah. So you did? Did you graduate high school? Oh, I did. I did. I um, yeah. I graduated high school um, in '95. Um, I graduated. There was only thirty-six of us. I was the very last person to walk across the stage. Wow. So, Really? That was a little, that was a little, a little strange. Um, um. So yeah, I graduated high school. Um, and uh, the whole time I was in high school, I had a job. Self-taught how to turn uh, drawing, engineer drawings into CAD to program. Uh, back then, what was CNC lays and Bridgeports. So I worked at a, a machine shop and I uh, programmed computers while I was in high school. Um, uh, and made money so I could buy clothes and do things Even though I was a gang member and all this crazy crap, I still I still did it. You know, I, I was I was determined somehow some way. So, yeah, I graduated high school and that's when life really changed really fast became an adult really quick. So yeah. you
0: know. So, I don't know if you know this chick right here, but looks like <laughs> you Looks like you're in a picture there. How yeah, weird is that?
1: That's, <laughs> yeah, that's me about 55 pounds heavier right there.
0: Wow. So, so um so you um you get what happened when you got out of high school did you go to college
1: oh this gets crazy i became a father what right out of high school right right out of high school we Yeah. actually to be truth be told i'm a grandpa right now i'm a grandpa i got a three-year-old grandson
0: oh my gosh
1: three-year-old daughter yeah right out of high school um Well, I, my, um, then wife, well, she wasn't my wife, but we got, um, she got, um, pregnant and, um, and then I joined the military, joined the military for six years. Wow. Uh, That was an experience. (laughs) That's a whole nother show. That was what,
0: what, what, what branch did you join?
1: I was in the Navy.
0: Okay. Thank you for your service.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, so six years, um, I got married in the military, you kind of have to be married to live together. Yeah. Um, they don't play the boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. So I got married. Yeah. Um, had my daughter, um, lots of craziness, um, ups and downs, uh, deployments. Um, you know, we were both young, my ex wife and I, um, that was strange. And then raising my daughter, I never, you know, I had no clue with how to raise a kid. Um, and then, um, I did my time and, uh, I ended up getting divorced and then ended up getting custody of uh my daughter um and then um, my mom helped me through a huge part of it um i will say that divorces are, are not fine and child custody is not fine um and raising a child is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do in life yep there's no book so i did that and uh <laughs> I raising my daughter and that was um again um that was harder than any kind of real estate transaction or any business i've built so i did that so i got out of the military and um i um became an entrepreneur and became um i became i i, I finished college i went to college when I was in the military and i finished college and have a um a degree in business development so that was my story
0: wow yeah so what uh, so you were where were you stationed in the Navy?
1: I was in Norfolk, Virginia at the Amphib base. That's where all the seals and CVs and all the uh, all the people that uh, do the bad bad things to protect the world are stationed. That's where I was that's, stationed.
0: That's that's where my brother was. He lived in Newport News.
1: Yeah, I know that A shipyard. I was I yeah. uh, put some security details there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so um so you were stationed in in Norfolk and, and then we're, so you, you did six years in the Navy. So yeah, now you're what, 24, 25? uh
1: 18, 24, 25, yeah. I got out a little right before my sixth term. Yeah, 20, yeah I was twenty four. Yeah. Okay. And and what did you do?
0: Stay in Norfolk or did you get the heck out of there?
1: Well, I had my daughter, so I had to get home. on my mom could only do so much. And um the situation with my daughter's mom was not an easy one. And, you know, by all means, I, 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 I respect her because at the end of the day, neither one of us had a clue what we were doing. So I could, you know, raising a child is um, hard. So um, I came home to to raise my daughter. And um, at that time, you know, I never really had a childhood, you know, my, you know, I grew up in the ghetto, I didn't have anything to do. And, you know, life was just crazy. And everybody around me always told me I couldn't do things. You're never gonna do this. They'll just shut up and sit down and do this and do yeah. That. So when I got out of the military, um, I came home. I was offered jobs with the FBI and all kinds of things to after, um, but I uh, came home and uh, to Detroit. Yeah, to Detroit. Yeah, we were to Detroit, and I didn't have a job and anything. I moved into my mom's basement back to my mom's basement and i just was like man i'm back at square one and now i got a kid to take care of
0: it's you and so you and your wife and your your daughter moved oh, your no family? no no! i got
1: divorced when i was in the military oh I, I got i got uh joint i got um uh, me and my wife we had jointly going at full custody but I yeah. i had my daughter so me and my daughter um we moved into my mom's house for a while wow
0: so going from well i was going to say going from the freedom of being in the but there's not a lot of freedom in the military so
1: i tell you when you're going to be and where you're going to be and what you're going to do Right, right
0: right yeah so um and i'm sure you've got some crazy deployment stories and yeah, a lot of crazy, a lot,
1: a lot of a uh, non-disclosure stuff. But yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, right. It was. Um, it. You know what? I, I at the end of the day, I'm I'm very, very, very grateful and thankful that I I joined and I served. The people tell me thank you. I don't really know how to take that compliment or that thank you. But at the end of the day, I, I think that it's an imperative piece, um, to to my growth and to my development, and yeah. um, and it was important. Yeah. So
0: once you got to, um, the basement, (laughs) (laughs) um, what, what did you do? I mean, here you are fresh out of the, I remember my brother, he did, he did six or four years and then another six or something. So he did 10 years total in, in, Mm -hmm. in the Navy. Um, but I remember he did, he, I think he took a, a six months and tried to Reintegrate into into you know well, civilian I, life and and hated it. Went back to the navy and realized he hated that more. <laughs> so yeah, um, that
1: was the same same protocol. I didn't go back though. Um, yeah, I ended so up. What did you trouble.
0: do to make money? What, what how where'd you start? Tammy says, tell the story of how you made money from the basement. So wh- what did you do to make money living in your how mom's basement?
1: We're gonna we're gonna back up. We, we have to. This is when i um, Hold on, we got to back up to when I was fifteen and sixteen. So, okay. want to talk about how I made money from my mom's basement.
0: Yeah, so
1: my grandmother had passed away, and my real father, um, God bless his soul, he's gone now. But he was still an alcoholic, and um, he took the money that my grandmother gave us, that was supposed to be for me and my brother, and um, took it for himself. And but he bought us a computer. So at that time. Um this is back in the days of, you know, AOL and dial up, all that crazy noise when you would call. So anyways, I started um, what was called the bulletin board service in uh, my mom's basement and hooked the phone line up to it. And um, basically, uh, people would dial into uh, the house and hook up to the computer and the bulletin board service and they would download pictures. Um, and I had bought this CD um, off of a big computer book for $20 and people were paying me $20 a month to call and download a picture that would take 30 minutes. Now, the kicker to the story is you can only imagine what kind of pictures they were downloading. So, and I was 16 years old running an adult adult bulletin board service out of my mom's basement and I was getting checks for $20 a month sent to my house so that was the story that tammy's talking about uh this is way before what you can visualize the internet none of what you and i are doing would not happen so um that's what she's talking about about this story so i was an entrepreneur then and then my mom came uh downstairs one day and was like i mean what could she say i mean i was like we were poor and my mom i was you know it's kind of i kind of just did what i wanted because every nobody was helping me through life so that was that story. So fast forward back to my mom's basement again. Uh well, wait how how many checks for twenty bucks a month were yeah. you getting? I was probably getting around uh, thirty to fifty. Wow. Yeah, thirty to fifty. So but you know, being that gang member got me in trouble. My mom ended up booting me out the house, and I kind of ended up moving in with a friend and um, roller coaster. I didn't. End up, I probably had that for about a year and a half. Wow! Yeah, crazy. Wow, crazy. So, so,
0: so. Then what? You shifted, pivoted into something
1: else. Oh, that was when I was a child, and then I just went to the machine shop and did the drawings. Um, and the, I, you know, I learned how to oh, use yeah. CAD. That was when CAD first came out. You, should, if you, I'm very smart. Like, if you show me something one time, just yeah. show me in writing, and then let and sit by me for ten minutes. Let me and, and let me do it without. I don't really like a lot of people talking to me. Like when I'm doing it, let me do it. Let me make a mistake. I'll ask you what I made the mistake in. It doesn't take me too long to figure things out. I'm pretty yeah. smart. So. so so,
0: you said, you? I interrupted you. You said back to my mom's basement. Oh, back to my
1: mom's <laughs> basement again out of high school. So you could probably say I had a little bit of PTSD. I just didn't know how to reintegrate back to life. And I will say that as a veteran, that is a horrible, horrific thing that people go through um as veterans go through it's it's just the sad part i mean i i I hear it gets better but yeah when you're in those shoes it isn't so um for the first six months i i went and got a job at a steel plant and i hated it it was 120 degrees around this pouring liquid aluminum i hated it i worked midnights it was just the worst thing ever and it was just that when being stuck in my mom's basement and being a single father, depression was crazy. So I did that for, I don't know, a couple months and I just got fed up. I said, man, I'm done. And I started getting right. the stage, like quitting stuff. And I'm like, I'm done. And, um, uh, I don't know what happened between, I know. I, and then I got, a, I'll tell you the craziest job. Um, I got, and it became like, it ke- It became the catalyst for my whole life as I became a a, a business development uh, manager and operator and slash stunt rider for a motorcycle stunt group. Um, jeez. So my mom's like, how are you gonna make money doing this? And I said, I don't know. And mind you, this is this is not like what you go to the typical, um dirt bike show and watch this is people riding crotch this was back then this was people riding those motorcycles and crotch records on the freeways doing 100 mile an hour wheelies wow so i got a job um basically managing this group and then um again i was told you can't be a stunt rider all you have to be born with this and so i managed that and i did that for about four years so i managed this group of crazy kids wow crazy crazy did you make money at it yeah I mean, you don't mind you in the military i made 30 grand a year i mean if i would have had one more child i would have got welfare when i was in the military that's how poor i was in the military yeah um and then i went from that to working at the steel plant to um managing the stunt group and i made i don't know close to grand a hard grand year. Yeah.
0: How do you make money managing motor a motorcycle I gang? I
1: book shows. I booked shows, <laughs> <laughs> book shows and events everywhere. I just booked them. Like so we we weren't on the freeway so we we booked the venues and things and um basically picked up sponsorships and um, gotcha. Did all that and got them shows booked and um, we did wow. we did all that and then, you know, God has a crazy, I don't know if people believe in God, but I definitely believe in God. He's a crazy story. So my mom's like, man, you're going to end up getting killed. Do you think that this is crazy? And those bikes, man, I broke my ankle. I broke my wrist because I wanted to be cool. And we yeah. just managed the group. So I started riding. And uh, so that led to the next part of my life. Um, I was doing a show. And uh, my sponsors would just give me a brand new bike. It was Amazing! All custom. I was gonna destroy it, anyways. By the way, it was gonna get destroyed because these bikes aren't—they don't look nice. And I was at a show, brand new bike out. We'd wheeled it around, showed it off, and the gas line that went from the gas tank to the engine snapped and um, broke. It sprayed fuel everywhere, covered the bike, covered me, and the bike exploded while I was on it. Caught a fire. I burns radiator exploded. Jeez! And I was at this event, and um, there was this guy there. He was a prodigy child, fifteen years old, graduated high school, was in charge of marketing. Kid loved me, and he ran this whole company that we were at. He said, "You got to come here and work. You got to come here and work." They gave me a job. And little did i know that was going to be the end to my whole sales career that was my end so i went there and did that for a while so i went from being a gang member selling dirty pictures to uh, <laughs> in the military doing crazy stuff for the government and then um uh, working the steel plant to ratty motorcycles now into business getting into business wow
0: Tammy says I called Blunny once until I saw the photo with people lined up around the mall for his autograph.
1: <laughs> yeah, she, she like Tammy likes to call me out. Like, you yeah. know, I, she, I don't have a lot of pictures of my history, so um, I don't have a lot of pictures of anything. I, I'm very simple. You could give me a backpack and um, I'll go anywhere in life. And uh, yeah, I'll just give me my MacBook and my iPhone, and I'm good. So I don't have a lot of pictures. It's all up in here, but I do have yeah. some Yeah, I signed. It was actually was at the mall. It was actually um, a big arena, and it was wrapped all the way around the arena. It's where the Detroit Pistons used to play. And um, wow, signing autographs. It was like the like. like, Wow. Who am I?
0: (laughs) Wow. That's pretty cool, dude. So you, um, you then then you you got out of that and into what? Because I know eventually you end up getting into real estate, which is it sounds. From what I understand, that's where you really found found. Yeah. That. Well,
1: yeah. I'll tell you that my my quote a little fast through this big part is that basically I got into um what what's called uh, F and I sales or finance sales and um closing and that's what dealerships use. Uh, your your car dealerships, power yeah. sales. and basically at the end of the day, um, I became this this phenomenal closer. Like I was in the top one percent. My cost or copy was through the roof. Everybody wanted to hire me because I was, I I could, they were, they would replace their sales manager and finance manager and put me in one position. And uh, so um, I ended up doing that uh, for a while and, um, and I just accelerated with it, it's all people skills, but the problem became, well, then I got a job at cor- another corporate company. We'll leave their name out of here because they're ginormous. And I don't know what my contract says from years ago. Yeah. Um, but my job was basically to teach development for a corporation, and I would travel around to, and uh, anybody who was licensed by this corporation, um, I would teach them how to make sales. The downside uh, is that there, I'm sure there is eth- there are ethical uh, dealerships, but what happened was that. Um, When you're doing this when you teach sales um somebody's always going to take it and use it for bad and basically people were taking skill sets i was teaching them and and ripping clients off um and um after a while it just it hardened on my heart and then uh that corporate company uh then directed me to take dealer licensing agreements away from dealers uh because of uh, 2008 and the crash and I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I had served in the military. Um, I grew up poor, and now you're a dealer. Uh, I mean, a corporation is telling me to close down businesses where 300 people are losing their job on a, as soon as I walk in. Wow. I got out, I so said, I'm done, I quit, I resigned. And I was good at sales, but it wasn't good sales, right? So, yeah. Um, I wasn't doing it wrong, but the skills I was teaching people were used for the wrong. I and mean, there was just you, you, the problem is greed. You show people how they can make a, a paycheck for thirty grand a month, <clears throat> they're gonna they're gonna exploit it. So, I said, man, I got I got to do something and um, different. And then and then I um, I got into real estate in two thousand and eight. In the market crash, in the crash, I got into real estate. I didn't know any better. In 08, I jumped in real estate in 08 wow really better i saw a guy and, on facebook like you somebody who was just a good person yeah and uh i said i want to work for that guy and i got it there. and it, it was as a realtor just yeah selling? i as a realtor um yeah i walked in there when i had like a a, a portfolio right like, like just full of a book yeah so like hey i'm a badass i'm number one Like can, i can do anything in sales and he took my resume and threw it back at me i kind of my pride was hurt i was like He's like go take this real estate exam and then call me when you pass and um, i did and when i called him it was within two weeks and he just was like blown away he said um nobody does this like he's like wow. when do i start he's like come to work t- tomorrow and when i came to work the next day i thought i was going to get this full hands-on training there's your desk there oh, there's a phone here's a stack of leads go to work I didn't know anything. Let me tell you that real estate exam didn't teach me nothing. It taught me what not to do. And right. I was already scared. Yeah. Like what yeah. not to do, right? Right. And I just, and I, and I was like, and nobody would, I, man, that's, and then I just, oh, wait, I got into real estate and, um,
0: and, yeah, I was a realtor,
1: real estate agent worked for. A wow. Broker. He wasn't a very nice broker, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and and, I, it, was this in Detroit? Yeah, it was in Detroit. In Detroit. Wow. We had somewhere like at any given time, we were holding 2,000 to 2,500 listings at any given time. Wow. It was insane. It was like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen that movie, The Boiler Room, um, with Ben Affleck and all of them. But the yeah. phone was just like, it was insanity. I'd never seen it. was just like, if there wasn't chaos going on, something was wrong. It was like, my, my I was in Detroit. The crash of the market, 08. Oh, insane. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what a short sale was. I didn't know what a foreclosure was. I just knew the phones rang and people were running around like crazy wow yeah so so where did where did things go for you from there my first year i sold 75 homes my first year on my own and i had a good friend his name was neil and he was actually friends with the owner the owner told me i was high maintenance i asked too many damn questions Um, (laughs) yeah go after the military. If you don't ask any questions, you're going to die. So I'm like, is, is 70,
0: is 75? Is that a lot? I, I don't know. i mean in
1: Michigan. That's a lot. I mean, the average real estate agent, I think in America does somewhere between six and 12. Um, in Michigan, we would say, uh, a, a good agent would do around 30. A top producer yeah. would do 50 plus, uh, average price point in Michigan is around 200 uh, K. Yeah. 20, 200 K. Yeah. So yeah, uh, 75 homes, my first year. And, uh, uh, the short sales were just through the, the roof. Foreclosures were through the roof. Um, what was crazy, it, it, t- side note, is that anybody who bought a home, anybody, like I've seen people doing short sales and all this crazy stuff. The market wasn't really that bad that long. It was only bad for two years. And a lot of people genuinely screwed up their credit and were pitched a bunch of BS by companies yeah. from mortgage mods and all this stuff. And in two years, the market was back to at or higher where, than what it was pre the crash. So 75, my homes, uh, my first year and, um, I was there for 18 months. 18 months is going to be a key factor. And, um, uh, wow. 18 months. And then, um, the and broker, it. the broker started doing some wrong stuff. And uh, so we, we got, um, we didn't get shut down, but I saw the writing of the wall and then I started moving, I moved through uh, two additional brokers. I moved, I worked for a, uh, a, a, a warehouse line mainstream broker um, for um, about three years and with, with some in-betweens on my own. And then that was my time as a real estate agent. And then um, I worked for a broker that was pretty badass. He taught me, he, he, I, I'll give him props, um, Jeff Glover. Uh, he, he he was the learning curve that taught me everything I needed to know. And then I worked for him for 18 months. And then I it was time to go from the nest and set out and do my own thing. And that's when I took off and did my own thing. As a, a so you became a, a broker or? Yeah, and started, well, um, I, I fortunately had the luxury of um, having a mentor who owned a brokerage and basically turned that brokerage over to me. Um, Wow. When it became, he um, said, so You're going to do big things. He was paranoid at me. He was like, You're crazy. You're reckless. He was like, You just do things and then deal with the consequences later. So I did that. And then um, I started with four agents. Four agents, and we did 68 wow. million for, with four agents, which is good. M- you know, most agents strive to get to 100 million, or most teams strive to get to 100 million. And we did 68 million with four agents my first year. Wow. People- yeah, it was crazy.
0: Is that and 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 so you met? That's you sold sixty eight million dollars worth of uh, real estate. Real estate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. In
0: yeah. Detroit. In Detroit. In like twenty ten or. Yeah. Well. Um,
1: uh, yeah, that would be we're twenty twenty now. So twenty that was twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Wow. On my own. Wow. Not my best year on my own was 17 million on my own and that was when i worked for Jeff. um uh, 16.8 million is what i did on my own and when i hit that threshold i have a problem whenever i accomplish something i get bored of it yeah i'm gonna build a team yeah (laughs) wow yeah so that's what i did so uh yes uh 68 million with four people that's badass
0: that's that's unbelievable wow so so you um is what's so what's happened from there what what i mean it
1: sounds sounds like you've just continued to grow you know something's wrong in my head you know elon Musk is one of my mentors and um he i said, love elon oh man i can't get enough of him you know it's he's, just- he's, he yeah guys somebody, incredible. somebody said what to ask elon what it's like to be in his head and uh he said you wouldn't want to be in it yeah that's what my brain is like It never stops. Like I have three laptops going around me all the time. I'm doing things and my brain was always engaged. So um, thanks to my training, I, I wanted to find a condition. You know, a condition is something that you can't change. It's going to happen. And I wanted to find a way to get listing leads. So I, um, one day on Memorial Day, I was sitting outside of a restaurant uh, with my then, my, um, ex-girlfriend, and uh, I started uh, looking for ways to get uh, listing leads. Well, I wasn't going to stand outside of a uh, hospital waiting for people to come out with a newborn so they could buy a new home. And I wasn't going to deal with probate because there's just too many people involved in the transaction. And death is sad. I mean, it's it's just horrible. Yeah. And and I've seen too much of that in my life. And then, um, so I figured, so, oh let's do divorces you get one person who's getting divorced you have a home to sell and you have two people buying so i looked up divorce real estate dot com and the domain was available and it was for seventy five hundred dollars on GoDaddy, and then i bought, bought it. i bought it on my amex and wow. you, i didn't have that i didn't have that kind of money at that time like where we're where i could just do something like that or maybe i did i just didn't had the ideology like i could just do what i wanted i, I was very cautious with my money yeah bought it and then um i went and bought the phone number 855 breakup uh for another four or five grand and mind you that was in 2017 and 16 17. yeah and you know what i didn't do a damn thing with it I spent all the money, did nothing with it. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I, I I had the luxury of meeting somebody who's very famous in uh, eighteen, and he doesn't have a filter, and he started uh, dropping some curse words at me, like "What the f are you doing?" Yeah, and then I started building it. I'm a procrastinator. I'm not going to BS you. I'm a procrastinator, man. Yeah. So I procrastinated, and then um, fast forward in the last year, um, we really built the company up, and now we uh, generate listing leads for real estate agents across the United States, and uh, we give them the real estate agents for a referral fee, so they get three transactions. We collect a referral fee of twenty percent, and um, wow. I still have my main um, brokerage back in Michigan, and um, I'm building teams all over the United States and teaching everybody. All the technology and things that um, uh, that I knew how to do. I'm really tech savvy. I'm nerdy, but there were there were some demons along the way, Ken, some major demons uh, for me. Uh, a lot a lot has changed for me in the last year. A lot yeah. of things I had to accept in life. That was hard, you know. You um,
0: you mentioned earlier that your your real father
1: had passed away.
0: You said. Mm-hmm.
1: He died of COVID. Uh, not COVID. Sorry. Um, uh, he died of uh COPD. Uh, he, wow. he died. and it wasn't until after he died that I understood why he was the way he was. When I um I never knew my grandparents. So wow. when I uh, and everybody had came here from Russia, they were all immigrants. So wow. when I met his parents at that time, when I told them that their son had died, and they didn't care. I had to give my father forgiveness and let it ride. But um, like I said, my father was an alcoholic, which that led um, down the road to me. Um, So, wow, that was a piece of the puzzle. Um, Wow. So, yeah, my father. Yeah. What What about your mom? Oh, my mom is alive. You know, Uh, she she lives in a home I bought her, um, which God bless, I was blessed to be able to do that. Um, Her and my stepfather live together. My mom's a trooper. She's had MS for over 40 years. Wow. Man, so many times my mom's been in the hospital. I thought she was going to die, and she's kicked ass. My mom was a badass salesperson before she got MS. Wow. She she sold uh, appliances. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, My mom, and then I have one uh, one blood brother, and I have a bunch of stepbrothers and stepsisters, which they're anywhere. They're amazing kids. They're amazing. Wow. I so you're you're close to them. Um in a sense, you know, you know, I, I would say this. I, I I have a um a group called A Road to New Beginnings and I like to help people a lot because yeah. a lot of people didn't help me. And um I would say that I'm mentally out of the norm. Not not like psycho, but you know, I think you know, I I don't um I'm very uh distant from people. Um I like to talk and be around people, but um, yeah. things that happen made me different. So um, I kind of keep to myself. I'm very business focused, which is bad. Um, I'm very blessed to have Tammy, who's very understanding of that too, because sometimes my whole life is business, 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 business. And um, so I um, I am close to my family, but I, I it's very edited time, if that makes sense. Um, my, my family was never really supportive of me. so. Um, i i want to make sure they're taken care of and i want to talk to them and i hang out with them when i can and i really support and appreciate what they do but um not everybody always understands what i'm doing and maybe it's just something that's a flaw with me that you know maybe i do need more time to myself but i will say this um you know ken and uh, i think uh, maybe you, you, you would understand is that i had a very bad drinking problem and um i would drink to get through life and that consumed my life and I, and I wasn't always nice to people. Right. I had a good heart, but when I would drink, things would change. And, um, yeah. So, uh, um, and I think a lot of people took resentment from things I said and after a while, they, you know, they put me at arm's length. So I kind of stayed to myself, um, and just did business. It was good because I was making money. Nobody gave a shit. Right.
0: Right. Right. So, so you, you
1: don't drink no I don't drink anymore a cr- crazy story is um back in um august um I actually proposed to Tammy in august and that date august 4th was a li- a game a life changer for everything actually I had covid and they didn't know you
0: had co- you had covid
1: yeah i I've, I've had covid wow I had COVID, and on August fourth, I proposed to Tammy. And I didn't feel good that day; something was off, and I never, ever, ever get sick. You know, yeah. I proposed to Tammy. Um, that night, we went to bed, and a fever started. Now mm-hmm. sick, I had to get off the island. We're on an island in Michigan called Mackinac Island, and um, yeah. I proposed to Tammy. I caught COVID. Um, I when I was, I think I probably had pneumonia. I did, um, I tested negative and I never went back and retested it, but I was coughing up blood and fevers and uh pills and all that stuff. So um I started losing weight. Mind you, this is fifty five pounds lighter now. And wow. um so that after COVID, I said, you know what? I'm done drinking. I just looked around at people and I'm like, Man, I have so much more to offer. Um and I wanted to lose weight. I think that's how I first started, right? Cause I could never accept the fact and you would never hear me say I was an alcoholic. And I still have a hard time admitting, it's saying if I was or wasn't. Yeah. Um, so um, I went on 75 hard, I wanted to lose weight. And part of 75 hard was no drinking. <laughs> then I got this idea that I wanted to sell divorce real estate to a corporation. And I still may, who knows? And I said, when I sell that company for a hundred million dollars, that's the next time I'll drink. Um, so I just quit drinking, and wow. um, completely cold turkey. And and uh, things got better. Went to coaching, signed up for coaching yeah. uh, with a, a phenomenal program, and uh, lost fifty five pounds. stopped drinking and. My plays. I'm like, who the hell is this Daryl? What's this yeah. guy? And business went to the roof too. And I'm like, wow, this is. <laughs> <I used> to- <laughs>
0: like It's amazing how how things get better when you, when you, when you, it's not, you know, you may not be an alcoholic. I am for sure an alcoholic. I have 18 years of sobriety, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, but I still take it one day at a time. I I literally just found out a, last night I found out a good friend of mine in um, Minnesota that struggled for years, um, died. Um, just, just the other day he passed away and, and it was from, it was from, you know, his addiction problems. So, um, you know, reminded me that it's, it's real and it, it really kills people. And, um, you know, you've got a lot to live for and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I know you have a place in Miami and you're in California and Detroit and, you know, you're all over the place, but, um, you got a lot popping, man. You got a lot of good stuff happening, and good for you, by the way, for doing seventy-five hard. My wife and I did seventy-five hard. Um, Andy Frasella was on this show, and and he challenged me at the end of the show to do seventy-five hard, and so I did. He's no he created. He created seventy-five yeah. hard, and it is no joke. It, it is, is not,
1: not for the, the week. It, it definitely is not.
0: No, there's there. I, I have a private Facebook community. Um, there's two or 300 people in that group that everybody came in to do 75 hard and, and about 3% actually completed it. Uh, I mean, it was it's 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 not easy. It's, no. not, it's not easy, but um, it's worth it. At the end, you're like, holy crap, I can't believe I just I just did this. It's amazing. We go to the it, bathroom
1: every ten minutes. <laughs> I know,
0: man. I you know I still drink about a gallon of water a day, man. And mm-hmm. and it's um you, and when you don't, when you when you stop drinking that much water, you can feel the difference. It, oh yeah, I've done it. Yeah, I, I, you know. But so so l- let me ask you a question. So I know that you're. Um, I've seen the the ring that Tammy got from you. Um, that was that, you know, that, 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 that didn't look like a, a cheap cheapo ring. Um, I know that you're doing well. Um, you know, what do you think? And, and, and again, I ask everybody this question, the number one answer to this is fear. And, um, but what do you think holds people back from? success and um, financial success, but also real joy and freedom in life.
1: I don't think it's fear. I mean, it, part of it in me does. I think that's, I, I think that's a variable. The truth told people are just lazy. People are just absolutely lazy. They genuinely think that if they dream it, that it's going to come true. Right, I love you, Charles Kochman just <laughs> just <laughs> You know When when I when I'm about eighty years old, I'll join you, Charles. I'll join you then. whenever I'm about yeah. eighty years old, I think people are just flat out lazy I, I I think that um, you know, I was lucky that um that my father my father worked eighteen hours a day and um he worked hard people now have this ideology that you don't have to do anything and something's gonna fall on your lap um i just think people are lazy i I, and they don't want to grow their minds right the problem with social media is social media has been presented that it's facts right and people just genuinely go on there and write nonsense on there and then somebody reads it and then somebody else reads it now it's facts it's got to be the bible it's got to be um, a professors had the, a world uh, renowned professors had to written this and it's such BS and people think they're fact, they're, they're, they're graduates and they have degrees and they go on social media and they write this stuff. And then they're, then they're just lazy And people believe that because they had a dream or because they said something it's going to happen. Oh my God. I, I, I see people that are out spending money on credit cards at the bars drinking. And I read a post that was so true. I read it last night from a friend of mine. People are out buying bottles and drinking and acting like they're rock stars and they don't have a pot to piss on and um, they're not and, and they're out at night. At nighttime I'm up working. Tammy's telling right. me the damn laptop. People are lazy, Ken. They're just lazy. And they, a, lot, a lot of the thing is people have been they've been told you you know what, if you don't want to do that, don't do it. You don't you have know,
0: to I, I I I do agree that there is a laziness. Um I do think, however, and I've said, I've said this before, not uh, like we can, we can debate this a little bit. Mm -hmm. I I think that you're right. People have a laziness, but there's something, I don't think people in general are inherently lazy. I think that they have given up on their dreams. Mm -hmm. They don't have a dream. You know, you've got, you've got this, this national company where you're, you have real estate agents working for you all over the nation. You're teaching real estate agents, you know, uh, Charles Coachman, by the way, is a real estate agent in the, um, um, Silicon Valley area. And, Mm -hmm. and Charles said he did, uh, he did one, did three divorce real estate deals one year and needed counseling (laughs) after that.
1: That's That's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, but you know, you, you've got all these things really going for you. But I, I think that people, if you give somebody something to to hope for, to dream no, right. for, right? You're,
1: thinking, you're saying lack of dreams. Like somebody's destroyed the idea that people should be dreamers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would agree with you yeah, totally. Think
0: about, like, think about when you went through the the divorce with your. Um, your ex. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for a little bit, you were probably like, women are crazy. I want nothing to <laughs> oh, do. with yeah. Right. And until you're like, you finally, you, you you let that go. And now look, you have Tammy in your life and, and mm-hmm. you guys have a good thing going. So, you know, I agree with you though. I, I think that people allow that lack of dreaming to set in and it becomes laziness.
1: Yeah, I think I think somebody's destroyed them or somebody's walked up. That's why, no matter what's going on around me, even if I don't agree with something, I I genuinely try not to be negative to anybody around me because right. you never know what word is going to change somebody. And people, I I be, I would believe I think that you you know what I think. Can you, you put it all together? But you brought it all—the perceptive and perception—is that people's dreams were destroyed because somebody did it, and then people became lazy. And now they're just just doing what they got to do to make it through life. And now they're being judged again. They were judged in the beginning. Now they're being judged yeah. that they're lazy. And um, I would agree with you on that. that peop- uh, I, you know, I, I, i all I, and I, I used to work in a nonprofit. Um, and this all starts back at home. And I think a lot of the problems start with parents not pushing their kids to be dreamers. Yeah. And they just, they're like, they're, 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 they're not they got so much going on in their own life that they, they forgot to take some time for their kids. Yeah. I I
0: agree. I agree with you, man. So, so if somebody called you right now and said, man, I've tried everything. My car was repossessed last week. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. I'm, I, I I'm, I'm desperate. I can't figure out. I mean, dude right now, you know, with this craziness that's happened in 2020, yeah. suicide is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think that people are are desperate. They don't know what way to turn. So if somebody called you and said, I'm at the end of my rope, I don't know what else to do. I've tried everything. What advice would you give them in that moment to help them get over the hump?
1: You know, I always, that's crazy, because I had i had this young kid who was sitting outside my office on, on Thanksgiving on a bench. So, I mean, he had given up on his dreams. He didn't have anything, no family or nothing. Um, you know, for me, I always go back to what was your, I asked my, my employees this the other day, what was your dream as a child, right? And And where did that dream get lost, right? And back then as a kid, we nope, it didn't matter if somebody told us, no, we were going to do it. And if you're going to lose everything, right, that's probably the and I, and I know this sounds bad, but it's probably the best thing, right? Lose it all. Let it go, right? Um, because you know what? Everything that you build going back up is going to be a strong foundation. Somewhere along the lines the foundation was rocky and you need to tear down to that point where you're going to build strong. So I would say, you know what, let it go. Right. Because the more people try to save it. Right. The damage is done. Let it crumble. Um, somebody out there believes in you. You, you. We have to stop saying poor me right? It's going to happen. It's, it's happened to the best of us. It's happened to me. I've lost everything a couple times in my life. Yep. And find find somebody, right? There's a reason why teams are important. There's a reason why coaching is important. There's a reason why school is important. And don't be a burden on them. If you go to somebody for help and ask them for help, find somebody who, one, believes in you, not your dream, not your dream, you. And uh, you're gonna lose everything. you're gonna become homeless. That's okay. You're still gonna wake up tomorrow morning, right? yeah How about what you do that day. I would find somebody if, if somebody came to me and said, daryl, um uh, you know what I need business development skills. I need coaching uh Charles I, I am with the XP i just i don't I don't know them guys. I'm sorry Glenn um, Bill's a good buddy of mine. He's a good dude. You guys have to introduce me for sure, yeah. I would, um, I would, um, I genuinely would help somebody. So there's people around you that they don't want you to be a burden on them, but people will help you. I have a very good friend of mine here. He almost lost everything and he had to move into his sister's basement. And now he's doing around $2 million a year in uh, money. So there there will be people, but let it go. But don't yeah. be a burden, a crutch and cry, whoa, me. Go back to when you were a child and find something that, what was your dreams? What are your aspirations? And this is the easiest thing in the world. What problem do you want to fix in the world? What problem do you want to fix? And what are you good at fixing? Right. Don't be a martyr. I I can't stand people. Woe is me. I can't deal with it, you know? I I know. Well, you know what, man? I grew
0: up in a uh, very similar environment as you. And, um, and, I wasn't in Detroit. Um, I was in a small town in Ohio, but, uh, you know, we, we thought we had a gang when I was like 14 or 15. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a gang, but you know, um, so I, I, I can relate to a lot of your story. Um, and, and, and I, 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 I tell people all the time, look, if you're going through a hard time, if you're feeling down, depressed, you're feeling like you're not going to to make it, you're feeling like a victim, mm-hmm. like my, my dear friend, Jennifer says here, victims versus victims. Um, you know, if you're feeling that way, the best way to get out of it is what you just said. And that is go help somebody else.
1: Yes. You go help yeah. somebody else,
0: man. You cannot focus on your problems when you're focused on helping somebody else with theirs.
1: That is the God's honest truth. Help somebody who has problems, right? You'll probably get some insight into what's really going on with your own personal problems. You it's are true, man. It's yeah. true.
0: Yeah. So, so Daryl, what's next for you, man? You've got this. Uh, this team of of real estate people you did 68 million dollars your first year as a team which is incredible. Like what's next man? It sounds like yeah. you got a lot of a lot of great things happening. You're getting married. When's the date?
1: No, everybody asked that. That's a good question. Tammy's probably on
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on uh, man.
1: You know what? I would imagine uh, soon, um, probably in the next year or two, um, you know, I haven't always made the right financial decisions and um, through um, through business development. So um, right now I'm restructuring businesses and getting things aligned so we can make sure that we have everything set up the right way um, going. in this. because I, any any dumb decisions that I've made, I don't want to impact team or Os in life yeah. so I'm, just, I'm I'm doing a, a business uh, one over making sure everything is um good. Yeah. I would probably say the next year or two. Um she's a good woman. I'm not, yeah. she does drive me crazy at times. I'm sure <laughs> I drive her nuts. Uh but uh you know I would you know what I uh, will leave, leave it at this is that I wouldn't even go an hour away to go on a date with another girl and I I would get dressed and call the girl and be like mm, you know I just you know I don't I'm not feeling it today. Can we reschedule? And then I just ignore. Her. And then I, I let alone. I jumped on a plane. It flew 2,800 miles across the United States to California. So about about two years. She's a good woman. A very good woman. Um, she adores me, which is amazing. Like I don't need somebody to push me. I need somebody that like stands by me and says, "Hey, you know what?" That's great. Let's um, let's uh, I I it supports me. Let's, well, let's go on vacation. Let's go have some fun. Let's go do yeah. something. So she's a good woman. So about two years, and uh, what's next? Well, I just became homeless in Michigan. <laughs> I got yelled at by the leasing lady at my um office. She thought I was sleeping inside the office. Oh <laughs> um, so I can uh, so what's next? Um, I'm going to. Actually, I'm not our coach right I, I wrote I, 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 I don't know what a coach is but I want to give everything away that I know how to do for free I want to help others um, I do belong to exp so and um, not I don't really practice real estate but I do want to grow our uh, teams and, and and make people's dreams come true that are in real estate that are just lost and nobody's helping them so I'm gonna I'm gonna travel to the United States. Um, give everybody, um, all my technology, all everything I have for free. Um, I'm going to work on my, uh, company, a road to new beginnings, help people who, uh, who have been down similar roads, uh, like me, yeah. and, uh, I'm going to continue to grow divorce real estate. And, um, I was wanting to sell it, but who knows, who knows what's going to happen now. I, uh, and, uh, and I'm on the road to a few other, uh, projects. I have a friend, Jeff, um, he may be watching this. Uh, he um, He's a great business mentor, and I'm in the process of trying to acquire two businesses that I think are important to me. But I'm going to focus on me and Tammy. I'm going to focus on business development for um, Elegant Homes across the United States. And I'm going to help realtors uh, get leads with uh, Divorce real estate. And uh, I'm just going to be a good human being and be a good grandpa. You know? Um,
0: hard. I can't even believe you're a grandpa. Like, that's know.
1: crazy yeah
0: it's crazy that's that's insane man wow yeah, yeah wow and, and, and your daughter lives where And live back in
1: michigan they all live back in michigan they live back um she's grew up there funny part is she always wanted to live in california and here i am out here for the next three or four months and uh she wanted to swim with sharks and uh that was her dream so uh, maybe one day we'll make that happen for her she But wants uh, to
0: swim with sharks
1: that's what she told me when she was uh like 13 years old oh my gosh wow mm-hmm. so you know that that's that's like it you know i i, I just want to help people um I, you know teamy and i are in the midst that we've been we've been buying a lot of homes and doing flips together um back in michigan we're gonna um and we're going to pick up some franchises out here in California, some uh, healthy uh, fr- food franchises here in Arizona. Um, but we're just business. We're just, you know, staying busy. And if I'm not doing something new, it's killing me. Yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it.
0: That's awesome. Facebook user says, OMG, you're so amazing. Who's Facebook user? I don't even know who that is. Know
1: you know what I, you know you got to give it to uh you got to give it to facebook they've allowed the world to come together like no other and uh it's just a lot you know what i i somebody wrote something on i'd seen on the screen that said something about depression uh, depression is real I man uh I, I, you know um i know we don't have much time left but i will say that there was times that i laid on the couch and mind you i'm a huge gun advocate and i have a safe full of guns yeah and a lot of guns and the drinking didn't help and there was times where i would lay on the couch and i would think bad things and depression is real and if anybody took anything away from this uh um, this this interview it would be if you have problems get out and help somebody it will help you and people will want to listen to you and yeah. uh, you'll be surprised how many doors open when you do good one person, one person and well, Tammy opened the door for me and then um, that's the God's honest truth. Tammy changed my life and then, um, or else I'd be doing the same dumb crap I've been always doing. And then, um, one person who we shall remain was, he was kind of an asshole to me for the last six years, but he wanted me to better my life. And after that, um, he opened the door to people like, I mean, yeah, they're validated people and they're very famous and they're very successful and very wealthy, but the doors opened up tenfold. And it was just because I genuinely went out and helped people out of the kindness of my heart and people, people are going through it. Right. But if you, yeah. if somebody comes to you and you're depressed, don't be like, well, is me, you know, let's move on. Like you got your time. You've salt. Let's move forward. Let's do something good.
0: Dude, that's awesome. That is so awesome. So where, where, where can people follow you?
1: I'm um, uh, Daryl Wazinski. You can follow me at Elegant Homes Realty, Divorce Real Estate, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, basically ele- anything that m- one of my companies uh, is attached to. Divorce Real Estate, Elegant Homes Realty. Uh, you're you're on
0: Facebook, obviously. You're on, on
1: Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Everywhere. I, do. Yeah. I do have a book coming out. Um, do you? I have two books. By by wow. chance, I have a book called uh, "Divorce Real Estate: uh, A Road to New Beginnings." Wow! And, um, I have a book about my personal life and deep dives into the nightmares of being growing up a uh, homeless as a gang member, the deep nightmares of military, and things about that. And um, wow. just like so, people could see that there's opportunity. And
0: when's your book coming out?
1: Uh, the first book will be out at the end of January. It got kind of delayed because of me selling my home, but um, I got the outline and I've started on it. And, uh, I got a great editor and a great, great staff on it. So the wow. first book is a divorce, uh, a, do- a divorce real estate. I wrote to new beginnings, and that comes out at the end of January. And uh, I'll be giving away a hundred free copies on Amazon the first um, the first month it comes out. So thank nice. you, Edna.
0: Nice. Well, <clears throat> that's awesome well once you have your book uh i'll do get another a interview and and i can i can actually interview you on um on on amazon directly yeah so I, i'm gonna that that
1: that interview would be absolutely crazy because yeah there's a that opens more doors but it'll be crazy ken you know i really do i really do appreciate you I, you know and in, in, i know you do this because you love this but this actually opens the doors for a lot of people and you're doing a great thing. You really are. I I thank you.
0: No, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I love doing this, man. Love it. It's, it's it's one of my favorite things. So thank you. I appreciate you coming on and man, sharing your heart and being so open and, and honest and, and real. That's, that's what people need, man. They need real, like, you know, I, I've been through the hard times, and, and and Tammy said, "Told you, Ken is the new hope." She loves you, dude.
1: I'm awesome. I mean, she, 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 you know, I I didn't know that so many people knew her, and then I was at Mozambique, and we met. She's like, and Ed Milet knew who she was, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like. I'm like yeah you're like kind of famous around here but yeah you introduced me to you and like i said i watched a ton of your interviews and i was kind of like you you give people you give people hope in dreams and uh, hopefully everybody takes advantage of those dreams because it's yeah. there for the taking. so many people are giving up
0: yeah look at you you look at
1: the life you've made yeah
0: you know? yeah yeah i'm very grateful dude very grateful Thank you, man. I appreciate you spending the time with me this morning and, and hanging out and sharing your, your experience, strength and hope. And, um, everybody needs to go over to Facebook and, um, Instagram and follow Daryl right now. Just get off this interview because we're ending it anyway. <laughs> and follow daryl daryl thank you so much i'm going to end the live stream but stay with me don't don't click off here so gotcha. i will see you later thank you so much dude i really appreciate My it My pleasure.
1: thank you all righty
0: you guys have a great day